Listener Production. It's no secret. I did a microbiology degree at university, and it's a prerequisite to graduate that you have to love yeast. And why wouldn't you? Yeast is the key to delicious, fluffy bread, as well as a cold brew after a day at work. But did you know that yeast is teaching us how to live longer? Plus, genetically engineered yeast can produce anything from insulin to vaccines. I'm Jacinta Bowler, a science journalist with Cosmos magazine, and today we're bubbling away at the science of yeast. Let's start with the basics. What is yeast? Well, yeast is a type of fungi, but it's not the sort of mushroom you'd see at a grocery store. To picture it, imagine a bunch of eggs in a basket except that some of the eggs are a bit deformed and they have little baby eggs attached to them. These little baby eggs are buds, which are the new baby yeast. Well, scientifically, they're either called daughter cells or blebs. I'm sure you can guess which one I prefer. These little blebs will eventually grow enough to untether from the parent. And then you've got the next generation of little baby blebs. When there's flour or any other grain for the yeast to munch on, yeast will eat the sugar inside and during fermentation produce carbon dioxide, which produces those fluffy bread loaves, and ethanol, which forms beer. But Jacinta, I hear you yell, why isn't bread alcoholic? Well, it kind of is. Ethanol is produced by the yeast in the bread, but most of the alcohol is cooked off during the high heat of baking. Funnily enough, a study published in 1926 looked at 12 loaves from bakeries and housewives' ovens and found that the bread was between 0.04 and 1.9% alcohol. Since then, our ovens have gotten quite a bit hotter, so there's probably less alcohol remaining in them now after a bake. The days before easily available yeast would have been dark ones. Bread would have been flat beer non-existent. But luckily humans are an ingenious bunch and there's evidence of yeast inside pottery vessels as long as 6,000 years ago. Even better, microbiologists have made both bread and beer back in 2019 out of these ancient brews. The scientists who drank the ancient beer said it didn't taste too bad while the bread maker said that he thinks that the ancient yeast was sweeter and richer than the sourdough he'd normally use. How cool! In those days, the easiest way to hang on to the yeast that made bread rise would have been to just keep a piece of dough from the day before and mix it into the new batch. For beer, the process is much the same. Keep a bit of beer and then pour it into the new batch. Presto, more beer! There was also a lot of swapping going on. Bakers would steal some yeast from brewers to get just the right yeast for their bread. Apparently, when breweries in some areas switched to lager yeast, which isn't easily used for baking, there was a bread shortage as a result. But you really don't need to do much to find yourself some yeast. If the cereal grain you're using has sugar in it, it can also just spontaneously ferment. Saccharomyces cerevisiae is naturally found on ripe fruits like grapes, so you can actually just make wine by letting the crushed grapes sit for a while, although I'm not sure how good that would taste. 
Importantly, the beautiful dried commercial yeast we're used to has taken a long time to get here. By the late 1800s, countries throughout Europe were creating patents for growing yeasts in specialised vats. Louis Pasteur was also trying to work out how to make yeast free from organic germs of disease as an article of manufacture around the same time. This yeast from a vat still had to be refrigerated. First, it was a cream-like mixture of yeast and grains, but later it became a compressed yeast product, which looked a bit like caramel-coloured butter. It wasn't until World War II that a granulated dry yeast was developed, and instant yeast wasn't a thing until 1973. Of course, when I talk about yeast, you might be thinking of a less pleasant experience, a dreaded yeast infection. So, first up, my favourite Saccharomyces cerevisiae isn't to blame. It's another genus of yeast called Candida. And these yeasts normally live on our skin, mouths and intestines quite happily. They're only a problem when something goes wrong and the Candida starts to multiply out of control. This happens more in people who are immunocompromised, but can happen to anybody occasionally. And despite what you might think, this doesn't just happen to vaginas. You can also have mouth infections where the tongue gets all white and itchy or infected on the skin, other genitals, and even nails. Ugh. But the other thing about candida infections is it's worth getting treated as soon as possible. The yeast can produce toxins, which can actually affect mental health or memory. Now that we've itched our way through that nasty detour in candida, we're back to the much more pleasant Saccharomyces. And guess what? These wily little fungi aren't just good for making bread and beer. They're also helping us live forever. Well, kind of. In scientific research, Saccharomyces cerevisiae is sometimes used as a model organism for ageing. In the 2000s, scientists discovered that restricting the calories of yeast actually increased their lifespan. If you restricted their calories by 75% over a lifespan, they lived up to a mind-blowing 25% longer. It was thought this could be the case in humans too, but subsequent animal studies were less convincing. And now, research says that your lifespan might increase just a few percentage points by using calorie restriction. Maybe humans aren't the same as yeast after all. And thank God, to be honest, I'll take my delicious bread and beer and my regular life, please and thank you. Yeasts are also a big deal in genetic engineering. For example, insulin for diabetics is mostly produced using E. coli, or Saccharomyces cerevisiae. By just adding some genes into a yeast or bacteria and putting them on the right substrate, you can get them to pump out almost any protein you want. Antibiotics, vaccines, even milk or spider silk. By the way, if you want to know more about this, check out my fake meat episode a couple of weeks back. This stuff gets wild. Well, I've just got a whiff of some freshly baked bread, so I'm out of here. And next time you drink a cold brew, make sure to thank Saccharomyces. It's been our tasty companion for a long, long time. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out the science briefing and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. 
Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Half Science Explained.